Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 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 don't touch that clicker. It's Friday night, and you're tuned into page one. I am LeVar, of course, coming to you from Chicago. And my dear friend, who you will hear in just mere seconds, coming from us from the, well, I don't know, what do they call the state of Nevada? The Silver State, but it's the fabulous Las Vegas. Yes. <laughs> so the voice you hear is Mary. How are you? I am alive. I am surviving. How are you doing? It's Friday. You know, the thing is, is that we made it to this. I think this is what, that's sad. I think this is what we live for now. We live for Friday. We live for, for those of you who were, I would guess I'd say at this point, blessed enough for anyone who, uh, payday Friday, even if you don't have payday, you have Friday, you have your health, you've got hopefully, you know, your family, everybody's doing okay, wherever you are at tonight, hopefully, just hopefully, we can bring some form of uh, respite away from everything that's going on, entertain you, make you think. Um, yeah, uh, I guess to begin, uh, I guess not to get too Motlin about everything. I just saw something a few seconds ago that the Boston Pops will not be doing their Fourth of July concert this year, which is I can't think Insane, of a year. Insane, isn't it, it? Yeah, they are not doing it, but they will do uh, what is called a salute to our heroes, which will be available only on television, radio, and digital media. No live performance will take place. So. Uh, but the other thing that somebody else was telling me uh, tonight is that if – I don't know where you're at, but I know they're not here. But the Supplination and Sweet Tomatoes Buffet locations are now shuttered for good. Yep. Uh, the company behind those is permanently closing all their restaurant locations. They said they've been losing about a million dollars per week since shuttering its 97 locations in March. But somebody else had said uh, – he said in the end it just wasn't feasible for a company which prides itself on offering all-you-can-eat dining experiences. But somebody said that all buffets at this point should shut down. I'm a huge fan of buffets. In the 80s, I grew up with uh, Shakey's, which was more regional, I guess, Midwest. Uh, you are in an area in which buffets are like a plenty. They shut down. Bread and butter. That's and yeah. not. Uh, uh, okay. I'm I'm on the fence about shutting it down. Um, sweet tomatoes, I heard they were shutting shuttering their doors, and we do have a sweet tomatoes here where I live, and it was it was good stuff. That was good stuff, and it was nice to be able to go into a buffet that wasn't Golden Corral or a casino. Um, so that was nice as well. Um, but yeah, with the casinos, they do the buffets at the casinos are done really well, so. They're not like what was that one that was oh, that was so gross back in the day, racks or something like that. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Is that a Midwest one too? I don't know, but that one was disgusting. It was so gross. It wasn't Shakey's, that I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to say it was like racks or Rex or tax or something like that. No, it wasn't tax. Those are wags, but I think that was different. I think it was just a restaurant, but I don't know. No, this was a buffet, but yeah, it was just gross. But yeah, it was like some of these buffets are disgusting, but the casino ones are actually done pretty well. They've already, they already have the sneeze guards, so people aren't sneezing. Um, The food is kept at the right temperatures. Um, Now, taste-wise, I can't, I can't guarantee anything on taste because, you know, some of those places, they just have gross food anyway. Um, but a lot of these places, like their meat, uh, they do carvings and they do that, and it's done well. Um, some of that self-serve stuff does need to go away, um, but then you have to also remember if that goes away in, in those areas, it's going to go away in a lot of different areas, like ice cream, you know, self-serve ice cream cones. Oh, I yeah. love those. Exactly. So you got to remember some of these things that people are like, oh, get rid of everything. It's like, yeah, but now you're going to get rid of that. You well, know? here's the thing, though. You're going to get rid of Slurpees. No, no, they are not getting rid of Slurpees. I will put a stop to that. <laughs> um, actually, I got a Slurpee the other day. 
but there was a frozen uh, yogurt place in Florida, and I do believe they're in the Midwest, and I, I do believe they're elsewhere. I think it was called Minchies or something like that. Um, okay. I actually had that, and, like, all of them look like – how can I explain it? They look like when you go in there, all of them are in these huge, huge giant kegs that are, like, attached to the wall. Mm-hmm. And you – it has the flavors printed out on them, and you grab either the big cup or the cone or whatever it was, and you go and you just pull it out of the machine, uh, and you get your ice cream. And then you go over to the counter that has all your toppings. They weigh it, and then they charge it. Right. That still works. Pretty standard for you. Yeah. Yeah. Still works. That will work. You can't get rid of those. Yeah. Do you know what I miss, though? But those are self-serve, man. I, I know. <laughs> but you know what I miss? And somebody had wrote uh, something uh, on Facebook today of if, when the restaurants open back up, uh, where will you go? What will you eat? And one place that I've never been to that I've always been curious to go to. You know those places, I don't know the exact name of them, but where you go and you flip the card over and they just start bringing you meat until you can't eat, eat any meat anymore? And you flip it yes, back over. Brazilian steakhouses. Brazilian steakhouses. That's what I want to go to. I want, I've never had it. I just want to experience it. I want to get the meat sweats. I'm probably going to walk in there with, like, uh, some Zubas, and <laughs> we'll go. And stretchy pants. Yeah, and I will pretty much knock off something on my, like, list of things I want to do. Do they even make Zubas anymore, by the way? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I just call you a boomer, but that's the wrong uh, generation. Yeah, we'll get to that story in a little bit. <laughs> It's, you're not going to have me wonder if they make Zubas. If anybody out there wears Zubas, let me know. I used to love those things. Actually, I've owned a pair uh, in high school. I owned a pair of Zubas. Hmm. Zubas. I'm making a face at you, and you know I am. What? Those things are comfortable. <laughs> Somebody's got to still be making Zubas. I mean, even if I wear them around the house, a couple... I don't wear. There's a couple of Brazilian steakhouses out by you. I know there are because I ate at one. Yes. Um, out by Cheeseburger Par- Cheeseburger in Paradise. Uh, possibly. By I was the way, going out that direction. Uh, they still do have Zubas. <laughs> Zubas dot com, and they're not paying me for this, but you can go and get yourself a pair of Zubas. Uh, let me see if they, they do have MLB Zubas. Uh, I can tell you right now. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is a little disappointing. I do not see any Chicago White Sox or Chicago Cubs Zubas pants. What? I kid you, you not. You would think we'd be the biggest one on there. You would think. Uh, not just in size. They pretty much have. They got twenty four. Wait, how do you have twenty eight teams, but you don't have the remaining four that you need? Which four are they missing? They got everybody else. They even have a Phillies one. And excuse me, but all red Zubas is not something I'd want to wear. <laughs> Good lord! Yes, they they don't have any. I will tell you though, the cheapest pair of Zubas on here, Kansas City Royals. All the rest of them were like $39.99, except for the Royals and the Milwaukee Brewers, which are $19.99. The Cleveland Indians went down by a few bucks, and the Diamondbacks are $29.99. But the rest are $39.99, which I don't understand. I really hope that that is an error, and it's just not on this page, and there's like some mistake. But, yeah, that's not cool at all. Maybe they're sold out. Yeah, now they now they've made me mad. Um, <laughs> but yes, so yeah, Brazilian steakhouse is what I want to try though. But how how was your experience? Did you get the meat meat at the Brazilian steakhouses? Yeah, I've gone to a couple of uh, different ones, and I went to one for my birthday. I went to one for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was not the greatest. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest. That one was <laughs> not the greatest to go to because I wasn't ready for it. And you would think with Thanksgiving you'd be ready for it, but they had a limited menu. Oh, that sucks. 
don't go to a Brazilian Because it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. Gotcha. So that one was a bad one. But I went to one for my birthday, and that one, we got in, we paid the amount. You know, you you pay for the meal basically up front. They have your sides on your table. Um, I was wearing a stretchy skirt. And it was stretched to the limit. We were, it was like meat coma. We were, we seriously were fighting to get out of the booth so that we could get home. It was, it was amazing. It was cool. A little jealous. A little jealous. (laughs) Um, But yes, I I do want to try that. I'm guessing around Thanksgiving, you would have thought that they would have had turkey uh, or ducking or whatever you want to call it. I would think they would have like different types of like, or like a Cornish hen, maybe like some type of like duck, something fancy like you would have at Thanksgiving. Mhm. A limited menu. Yeah. It's a very limited menu. Yeah. Ugh. I think somebody once said, "Oh, I go for the salads," and I'm like, "Why would you go for a salad at a place known for meat?" It's kind of like now where I know fast food places have to have the healthy menu. We go for a burger. If you're going to Wendy's, you go for a burger. I'm not going for a salad. If I'm going to McDonald's, I'm going for a Big Mac. I'm not going for a salad. It's not the first thing on my mind. Right. (laughs) We have to to be healthy. Uh, You are right now not really having, well, you are on the outs with Facebook right now, correct? Yes. I, <laughs> not on the outs. I'm taking a, a break from social media, and and I have decided that Facebook is not my friend. That's it. That's all. We were on a outs. break. Yeah. We're on a break. Um, I, yeah, I just I deactivated my account for a short period of time, and actually, it's supposed to be reactivated on Sunday. So Mother's Day accolades will still be coming my way. <laughs> <laughs> right on time. Right on time. Right on time. Actually, I kind of I'm actually enjoying not having it in really? in a weird set. Like, I, yeah, because it's like it's getting back to you don't realize what your routines are until you take something out of it. And I I know this at this point in time in the world that taking something out of it does change people's routines and and a lot of people are getting it, but if something as minor as I'm not checking Facebook. Hmm. Like when was the last time you checked Facebook? You probably did it what? An hour ago? Uh actually I did it probably a few minutes before broadcast only because I was looking to see if there was anything else to add to the program tonight. So I had to. So there you go. So, yeah. So regardless of had to or not, you did just check it. A lot of people are on it when they're bored. It's a a boredom technique. It's kind of like I don't want to equate it to smoking, but it really is. When you cut that out, now you have to fill in the time with something more worth your time. So, yeah, I may leave it deactivated for a little longer. Um, it's not forever. It won't be forever. I know that. There's a lot of people that I like connecting on Facebook that I don't quite, um, they have not risen to the level of here's my phone number kind of thing to connect that way. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how long I can go. Mm. Interesting. We'll, we'll have to check in with you and see how that goes. But, Be like a challenge or something. Right. But since you've been away, some things have been a brewing, among which this week Facebook oh, no. named, 20, yeah, they named 20 people to its Supreme Court for content moderation. Now, the list includes nine law professors, a Nobel Peace Prize laureate from Yemen, and journalists, but no disinformation experts. Uh, so these 20 people will be effectively their network's Supreme Court for speech, issuing rulings of what kind of posts will be allowed and what shall be taken down. Uh, absent, however, like we said, any prominent expert in studying disinformation, which they've struggled to contain based on other manipulation efforts as well as hoaxes on subjects like false cures and gun violence. Uh, 
Ellie Thorning-Schmidt, a former prime minister of Denmark and one of the four co-chairs of the board, said that they would consider such expertise in recruiting more members. And they said that the number of members will rise to 40 over time. Now, the oversight board is more than two years in the making, and its creation was prompted by CEO Mark Zuckerberg, who said in 2018 that he wanted to create, quote, some sort of structure, almost like a Supreme Court, for users to get a final judgment call on what is acceptable speech and relieve the company's executives of having to decide. Now, social media networks dating back to me, you scoffed over there. The social media networks dating back to MySpace have struggled to write rule books that are easy to understand and consistently enforceable, and yet cover the varied material that people try to post online. Now, the rules, including Facebook's community standards, quote-unquote, have evolved to prohibit not only illegal images such as child pornography, but also hate speech, harassment, and most recently false information about the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, the questions often become political footballs as lawmakers in Washington and elsewhere have turned their fire on Zuckerberg when they believe that they or their supporters are being unfairly censored. So, uh, while they said that they're not the Internet police, don't think of us as sort of a fast-action group that's going to swoop in and deal with rapidly moving problems. That's not their job. Uh, the job, he added, was to hear appeals of decisions that Facebook has already made. Now, $130 million trust is being made to pay for its operation and pledging that it cannot remove members from the board. And Facebook will refer cases to the board for its consideration when the company considers them significant and difficult. And other Facebook users will be able to suggest cases through an online portal. Here's my thing. Do you trust that a panel of experts can be or eventually will be the solve-all to this problem? I don't think there's a panel of experts that are a solve-all for problems that aren't on Facebook. I mean, I get the Supreme Court thing, but people fight that all the time. And those people get, you know, they they get appointed and, and change and take something as controversial as Roe v. Wade as soon as, you know, as soon as they made their decision on Roe v. Wade. It should have been over, and it's not. And it won't be forever. Like, it won't be forever. Um, So I don't think Facebook is going to be – I mean, it might be better to have – I would like it better if it was people that have nothing to do with Facebook. But, I mean, you can't do that either. That's like saying, you know, don't be human. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll we'll get Ted Gazinski to be on the board. I don't know. It's it's a it's a rough call. It's a rough call on that one. I I like the idea of it. I like that the is the execs are making a decision. The people get a chance to appeal, and it goes up the chain. I just don't know how well it will work. And there's going to be a lot of appeals to begin with. I can see that happening too. Now a little bit more about that. Uh, the uh, Americans are best represented nationally on the oversight board with at least five members. No other country has more than one. Facebook said mem- the members were chosen collectively and they live uh, in more than 27 countries and speak at least 29 languages. Uh, over 2.6 billion people across its apps in nearly every country. Uh, and then of the 20 members so far, half are male half or female. Uh, actually, the interesting thing, two of the lawyers joining the board have been discussed as potential U.S. Supreme Court nominees. Uh, Pamela Carlin, a Stanford law professor who is a, it says here is a favorite of liberals, uh, as well as McConnell, who I mentioned earlier, who's a Stanford professor and a conservative former judge appointed by George W. Bush. Um, so some of the people on here uh, I've seen one who is an Oklahoma College of Law professor, which I, I'm, I guess I'm kind of glad. I, I would have wanted at least one person who was an expert in things such as this to kind of help along with the process. There's a lot of different. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I guess the good thing on this 
is that you have a lot of people who are in or have been a part of decisions on judgment making. We're not just throwing 20 people in here who have no expertise in making important decisions. These are people who have dealt with law or in government or who are advocates. It's a good step in the right direction. I hope for now that the major things or the major uh, policies such as those things that I mentioned earlier, especially when it comes to uh, either you know online bullying or uh, child pornography or uh, other major things, I hope that they continue on that, build on that. I don't know about the small things, about whether or not someone should post uh, something about uh, a potential injustice because I, I've heard over the last few days, and I know a lot of people are wondering, okay, you're page one. Are you guys going to talk about the young man in Georgia that was shot and killed? I'll have more to say on that at a later time because right now I don't know if I could fully put the words together that I want to put together that's right for what it is, uh, but someone I know had posted something and it was taken down. And it's a picky lot right now, and you've seen a lot of it on Facebook uh, with some celebrities, and it seems to be kind of picking right now on uh, those in the adult industry who have been very good on Instagram, knowing that it is not like Twitter, knowing that it is not like their private sites, and them posting something that someone else would post of the same thing and still having it taken down uh, or being shadow banned, which is an issue in itself. You know, it's kind of like they're targeting them for who they are, which is sad, and I hope that's not the issue. But it's a step in the right direction if they can handle right now the major things such as misinformation and trying to clean it up because there's a lot of that I've noticed on social media, especially in the last couple of years. So hopefully. I think that they need to add, uh, they need the disinformation person, but I think they need to add somebody more, I don't want to say controversial because that's not right either. Um, Somebody that's uh, like an influencer. Uh, somebody that is um, well versed in YouTube, Twitch, um, mm-hmm. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all of the social media sites, somebody along those lines that can help along the way. Because sometimes I will say that stuff that gets taken down is also out of context. Mm-hmm. Like there's a meme or something that comes along and it's like, dude, that was a meme. Like I don't know why you're freaking out about it. So I think that that could be a good add as well to the group um, just so that they can have some like, hey, this is what what I'm seeing. And then decisions would be a little bit more rounded, I think. Yeah. Which hopefully, you know, that's over time. Like she said, it will kind of expand to probably 40 members. It also makes me wonder, you know, with that larger group, and if they have to vote on something, how does that work? If it comes down to a 10-10 split, who makes the deciding vote? Right? It should be an odd number. It always should be an odd number. It should be. That's why I was like, okay, if somebody comes with a case and it is split, I mean, that's why the Supreme Court has the justices that it has, because, and it's kind of out of balance, but, you know, you know that, if something happens, you have to have that tiebreaker. Like the Senate, even though you have 100 members, the president of the Senate uh, usually will make that tie-breaking vote. Uh, granted, you know it's going to go in the way of whoever the party's vice president is, but that's how it goes. But, yeah, I think it should be an odd number. It would probably uh, help. So, yeah, that's one of those things. But I just thought it was interesting, but I know that uh, – You've been away for a little bit, so if it comes back and it's a little bit different, then that's why I would. That's what happened. <laughs> it's always going to be a little different. I'm going to have to spend a week just catching up on what I missed. Right. Since, since you've been away. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, such things, in Wisconsin, 
I thought this was interesting. Uh, 16 and 17-year-olds in Wisconsin, they will not have to take a road test in order to receive their driver's license under a new pilot program announced by the state's Department of Transportation. The move is designed to address the backlog in young drivers trying to get their driver's license and to limit in-person visits to testing sites across the state during the pandemic. The State Division of Motor Vehicles estimates there's a backlog of 16,000 road test requests. Of those, 10,000 are for 16- and 17-year-olds who would be eligible for the waiver. Parents can still schedule an in-person test if they do not want to sign the waiver. Teens eligible for the waiver must meet the following requirements according to the Department of Transportation. That you are a U.S. citizen, that your regular instruction permit is unexpired or has been expired for less than one year, you must have held the regular instruction permit for six months violation-free, you must have completed a driver education course and behind the wheel, and the records are on file with the DMV, that you've completed 30 hours of supervised driving, and that you have an adult sponsor. Uh, young drivers will be deemed ineligible if there's a failed road test on record, your driver's license is suspended, revoked, or canceled in Wisconsin or any other state, you're 18 or over, you're moving to Wisconsin from another state, and you haven't successfully completed the things that I just said. Uh, but sponsors, you have to agree to accept responsibility and vouch for the safe driving ability of the new student. You have to sign an electronic agreement. And the sponsor's driver's license or ID card number will be entered into the online system, and they will receive verification that their records indicate that they approved it. And sponsors can withdraw sponsorship, which canceled the probationary license. Uh, if you were in that state... Would you? I wouldn't be, but okay. God, I know you wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't go for the spotted cow and live there, but I, I get it. But um, I'd go for the spotted cow and then come home. <laughs> come right home. <laughs> or you'd have to go for the wheelbarrow of cheese or the wheel of cheese. You know, the one uh, thing I used to always talk about Wisconsin, being here in Illinois, and I, I know there is a love hate thing. When you cross the border, Wisconsin, pretty much you look to your left, you'll see the cheese castle. You look to your right, you'll see porn, and then you look to the other left, it's probably like beer or something else. That's about it. That's Wisconsin in a nutshell. Uh, lovely state, but beer, cheese, and porn. And the worst thing I ever yeah, ate. I mean, there are very pretty spots in the state. Yeah, there's pretty spots. I, I kid. Uh, worst thing I ever ate in Wisconsin, beer, cheese, soup. Don't add me. Oof. Yeah. Oof. No, it was bad. It's exactly what you you beer better think. cheese curds. Now that's the thing to do. That's yeah, that's stuff awesome. right there. Go for the curds. Skip the soup. <laughs> no, get back yeah. on point. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sponsor any child, including my own, for anything like. No, I'm not putting my record to vouch for any. I no, no. I love yeah. how they put it here. I love between the lines. Like you gotta sign electronically, you gotta do all this stuff, and you gotta have your stuff put into, your ID put into an electronic system. So you know <laughs> this is an automatic setup for failure. Like, okay. You gotta vouch for it? We want all of your information. And it makes me wonder what happens if something happens to the person that you're sponsoring during that time? Does your ID and take what it kind of, like yeah, like what kind of – that's where I was going to go. What kind of violations are they talking? Because uh, moving violations happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Are we talking accidents? Are we talking gross moving violations where they're something that's like way beyond? Are we talking like how – what are we talking about for violations too? I don't know. It, it did not say but I do know that that's a little too iffy, and there's not a lot of information behind that. And I don't know if I would want to be that person that would go. Uh, I would love my kids and support them in every which way, except that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not sure I could do that. Well, I mean, think think back to when. Well, you don't even have to think back. Uh, well, I mean, whenever the last time you drove, people are stupid on the road, and I am including myself in that one. There are times when I am in. I do not look both like oh, I've been honked at because I looked both ways but then didn't look back and somebody came around the corner. 
You sure they just weren't trying to fuck you? Well, they might have been. But <laughs> still, like I'm, and I'm not saying that there's there will be people that will say I am a perfect driver. I know lots of people that don't have anything on their record that still shouldn't uh, cannot say they're perfect drivers. So. No, I'm thinking back when I was 16, 17 years old. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't know that I could handle having someone. Like, if somebody would have done it, that would have been pretty awesome. But I don't know that that, that would have been something that my, my parents wouldn't have done it. It would be like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. It, and I hate, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well. If you start breaking, I was going to say, if you break in the song, <laughs> but here's the let thing. them lead the way. I have seen parts of this current generation, and there's just something where they're just not paying attention to whatever it is they're doing. So I'm not going to trust that they're going to pay attention to to the road uh, if I kind of help get them past this test. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they have to have before they can do that. So I guess I would feel a little bit comfortable and know it's not just like, hey, uh, you know, brand-new person, they don't even have their learner's permit yet, and if their paperwork's sitting here, just let them drive. No, there's a lot of stuff that has to be on file before then. I guess I wouldn't feel so bad about vouching once they've had it, because they pretty much are there. They just have to do the major tests, you know, and if they've done all the other things, they're pretty close. So I, I guess so in a why, way. Why, why take away that test? Because the backlog is just too many. They'll never get around to it right now. And if that's You do the understand the backlog that is too many. It's like, okay, come on. Just I know, but if this goes to the mother and, and, and your kid wants to drive to school, and they couldn't, they got to hold off for almost God knows how long. You know well, if they're on a learning permit, can't they drive to school? I don't know the rules. I guess I don't know. But, uh if you wanted to drive I thought home. if you had the pink slip, I thought if you had the pink slip that you could drive to school. Now, you couldn't drive with your friends, but I thought you could. Now, and, and granted, the, the, the times have changed. It's been quite a while since I've had, yeah, it's been quite a while since I've been taking <laughs> my driver's test. Since we were in that area. We actually, I don't know, learned how to drive while we were in, like, actual school with right. a chicken break and everything. Uh, they don't have that anymore. Um, but, yeah, I thought that's how that works, but I, I guess. Uh, it's a little different everywhere. Um, I just I, I come back to government employee reallocate, man. Like seriously, I get the I get that they're not doing the driving right now, the driving test right now because of COVID. But when they reopen, are you telling me you can't reallocate some of your clerk staff to do the testing? I think they've got enough to sit there and, and check Cause... boxes. There's going to be a lot of people that will need the DNV as soon as they open back up. I'm not sure if they can allocate that. Because, you know, the one thing that amazes me is how many people do not have IDs. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to go into a small little commentary here tonight, but it amazes me. And I deal in a job in which, uh, you know, I have to process these things. And people don't have IDs. We're not talking about younger people. We're talking about people who are in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s and some even in their 50s and 60s. There is no way on God's street earth you should be walking around without some form of identification, whether it's a driver's license or state ID. I don't care if you don't want the government to track you down and know who you are, but you cannot conduct any type of business, whether it is bank cashing checks or anything else or even buying alcohol and still not have an ID or an old and out of ID expired. I don't get it. Get it together, people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just flabbergasted. When I see that, I don't have an ID, so I can't do that. What? How do you get – how do you go to buy beer? How do you go to cash a check? How do you conduct any type of major business that requires an ID? That's scary. Yeah. 
You're listening to page one. <laughs> Sorry if they had to come in if you just came in on my rant, but I love our that's very out in the west. Uh on this Friday night. We've already gone through half the show. See how quickly this is gone? <laughs> uh, I just gotta get you on a rant, that's all. Yeah, I know, just get me on a rant. I'll just start talking. But um hopefully all of you are okay wherever you're at tonight. Uh, I want to set this story up. Probably, you know, I'm wondering if I should do this story last or if I should uh, do our weekly check of what's trending on Twitter first. Because hmm. I know this story, mm-hmm. the story I'm going to do is going to take a little bit. Uh, so before I even get into that, because it's going to cause a huge argument, and I know it will, uh, we'll take our weekly live. <laughs> <laughs> you know it is. You know it is. So I, I, before I even get to that, I'll go. I'll go to the Twitter board. I will check live here. We're 36 minutes past the hour. If you were listening to us live on this Friday night, um, but yeah, it, it's it's going to cause a generational like argument, and I'm going to leave that story for last. So um, trending on Twitter tonight. Uh, of course, one of the things that kind of broke uh, this evening, if you grew up pretty much in the 80s and uh, you know of Siegfried and Roy, uh, Roy Horn, the of the illusionist duo of Siegfried and Roy, died at the age of 75 today. Uh, complications of the coronavirus, that's breaking. Um, so that's trending tonight. Also trending on this Friday night, I don't know why... Um, I guess the last drive-in is trending nationwide tonight. Uh, I guess that's the show with Joe Bob Briggs or something like that, and they're showing like a, some movie tonight, or they're talking about a suit. I, I haven't seen Joe Bob Briggs since like on the days of USA, <laughs> when I think he used to host this show. Um, also trending tonight, Guy Fieri is trending. Um He's raised over $20 million for out-of-work restaurant staffers, which is pretty awesome. Um, good for him. Yeah. So he stepped up pretty big. So, I mean, that's putting your money where your mouth is. And actually, uh, the funny thing is uh, when we're speaking of that, um, I've seen a lot of celebrities doing some pretty cool things, so good for them, uh, those who are – Stepping up. Uh, I'm going to get this correct. Uh, also trending tonight, Boba Fett. Very good. <laughs> uh, I I have not really watched Star Wars, so I'm not up on things such as that. But uh, is it Tamura Morrison? Or Tamura Morrison? Uh, he's set to return to the Star Wars franchise as Boba Fett in The Mandalorian, per The Hollywood Reporter. And then, uh, here's one if we are in Chicago, for those of my uh, friends here who are Bears fans. Ryan Pace is trending tonight, actually, on Twitter. Um, So, and I know that uh, Mary is listening to this one. Uh, uh, I guess some things that kind of happened. Uh, in regards to not picking up Mitch Trubisky's fifth-year option. Uh, he says that we believe in Mitch. Also tonight, the reason why he's trending is Deshaun Watson uh, tweeted about some things, especially around that infamous 2017 draft where, of course, the Bears passed him up, and he said that the Bears didn't even talk to him at all. <laughs> um, yeah. That kind of hurts. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, um, yeah. And and he and the way he put it, the way he tweeted it a few hours ago, Sean Watson, he said the Bears, and he put this in big, huge, like, uh, bold letters. The Bears never once talked to me. End of quote. So, I am going to imagine that we, yes, we are paying for that now. <laughs> um. That's I, I just can't find I find that hard to believe. Uh, I'm gonna talk sports here for a moment. That you have 
in that draft, you had at least three or four good, high-quality quarterbacks. You didn't talk to him? Mm-hmm. Really? I, well, maybe you know, they've if, already decided that I, it's hard number, for me to that time, to number three was up for number two, but you knew you were going to get one of these guys. Didn't talk to him? I think it would have been understandable had they at least talked to him, heard what he had to say. But you were so caught up in somebody who wasn't even, like, on the radar, because I was shocked when they drafted Mitch Trubisky. And you bypassed him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the first thing that went through my mind, is maybe they got so enamored by Mitch that they didn't. But... I just I don't know any 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 coaching staff worth their worth their salt, um, and I say this with a grain of salt because I am a Bears fan, so I understand this. Um, should do the research. <laughs> they should interview everyone, and it's quite a possibility. Like I, I don't know that they didn't talk to him, but I don't know why he would say that they never did. Um, maybe they one. talked to his agent, and his agent basically said. <clears throat> <laughs> no. I think he would have known if they had talked to his agent. He said the Bears never once talked to him. And I actually would believe he it. Know? I believe it. <laughs> well, no, I believe it as well. But I'm saying, are you saying that there's no way that he would not, that they would talk to an, their agent or an agency or what have you? And then, or even. I don't think they did. Uh, I don't the think they did. Said, they I'm never going to use. They were so scared that somebody was going to get Mitch Trubisky with one of those high picks that they pretty much were just dead set on drafting him and molding him into a franchise quarterback. They dropped the ball, and they didn't talk to anybody else. Well, I mean, that was the same draft class as Mahomes, for heaven's sake. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, which makes it even more maddening because you passed up at least two good quarterbacks out of that draft. Mm-hmm. To trade up and now get someone that's not even that you're not under picking level. up the option for. Yeah. Not even under level. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. Anyway, before I really go off, <laughs> you've got one year left, Mr. Pace and Mr. Pace, <laughs> probably even the coach, though, but that's not even going to matter. Um, one of the ever-ending debates, I mean, we're not going to debate on which is the greatest generation because we all know what the greatest generation is. Uh, the ones that went off <laughs> Yes. And to give you a little bit of a background here into this story, let's quickly go through the brief history lesson here. As we all know, that there are different generations. Uh, as of 2020, the breakdown looks like this. Baby boomers, of course, who were born between 1944 and 1964, they're currently between 56 to 76 years old. They account for 76 million people in the U.S. Generation X, those such as my friend and myself who were born between 1965 and 1979, currently between 41 to 55 years old, we account for 82 million people in the U.S. Generation Y, or millennials, were born between 1980 and 1994. They are currently between 26 and 40 years old. Now, Generation Y.1, because they break this down, those who are between 25 to 29 account for 31 million people, while Generation Y.2, who are between 29 and 39, account for 42 million. And then the current generation, which is the newest generation to be named, is Generation Z, those born between 1995 and 2015. They're currently between 5 to 25 years old, and there's nearly 74 million of them in the U.S. So uh, there was a recent article that took my eye here. Um, It said it took a global pandemic, but Generation X is finally getting love. It says, sorry, boomers and too bad millennials, only one generation stands out as social distancing pros. And while the baby boomers were born to the greatest generation, they have changed nearly every aspect of society. 
By their sheer numbers and dominant influence, the millennials have captured attention for the past two decades. They demand to be seen and heard. But there's something missing. The forgotten generation, sandwiched in between those two. And, of course, a few months ago when the phrase OK Boomer really took off, uh, the writer of the article said that her own teenagers tried a few times to pin it on her. In an attempt to completely dismiss it, they would laugh and say, OK, Boomer. Uh, but, there's, like I said, a little bit over 65 million of us here. And it seems that it's taken a global pandemic for anyone to sing our praises, to even call us by name. All of a sudden, folks are impressed by our remarkable resilience, our ability to entertain ourselves for hours on end, and our willingness to shelter in place without whining. All hail the forgotten generation. We're finally getting the recognition we deserve. And she said, and it's actually true, Generation X folks can actually thrive on solitude and enjoy their downtime. Due to our advanced tolerance for boredom, we spent untold hours alone in our homes after school, fending for ourselves, living off ding-dongs and macaroni and cheese as the first generation of latchkey kids. Social isolation is not only tolerable for us, Generation X requires a regular dose of it to recharge our batteries. So while you might already be flipping out, we're basking in the downtime. We once focused all our attention on making mixtapes. I'm pretty sure Mary, and Mary can account for it, too. I did the same oh, thing. Yeah. Some of our best products took the entire weekend to create, and that's dedication. He said, my first stereo had an 8-track player as well as dual cassettes for just that purpose. In fact, music and fashion are what really bind us together. Our music, while overly synthesized, remains gloriously unfaded. Our fashion choices, however, were tragic. I'm not going to make any excuses for those. Says Generation X's are generally pragmatic, independent, and resourceful. We don't require a lot of handholding. As Cold War kiddos, our duck and cover drills have more purpose. They were not only to prepare for the possibility of a tornado, we also needed to identify our nearest nuclear fallout shelter. Waiting in lines is no problem for us. We spent plenty of time chilling in the back of a station wagon or suburban long before seatbelt laws went into effect. Waiting in those endless gaps, our parents in the late 70s. They said, we queued up lines that snaked through parking lots and round buildings just to score tickets to Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. We have limited expectations, too. We were completely satisfied to play with our pet rocks, which I didn't have one, or the world's first video game, Pong. Did you? I did. (laughs) The first generation of gamers, we cut our teeth on joystick games like Frogger, Pac-Man, and Galaga. In other words, we were pretty easily entertained. We took Polaroid pictures and weighed them in the air while we patiently waited for them to develop. The mood ring always read, relax. Our magic eight ball always replied, don't count on it. So we didn't. And then she says, there are only about three hours of television programming devoted to us. And if you missed it, you simply missed it for the week. Generation X was firmly planted in front of television for the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour every Saturday morning, followed by the wonderful world of Disney and Mutual Omaha's Wild Kingdom every Sunday night. Besides that, we had to make do with 1960s reruns of Scooby-Doo, Speed Racer, Gilligan's Island, Bewitch, and I Dream of Genie, which had never heard us complain. <laughs> but she pretty much goes on to say that, uh, you know, in a build-up to the current pandemic and the stay-at-home directives, while you were busy getting fist fights over toilet paper and bread, we were quietly stocking up on Pop-Tarts, SpaghettiOs, and powdered drink mixes. We'll be just fine. We used to eat entire boxes of sugary cereal just to get to the prize at the bottom. <laughs> But he says we've instantly become the nation's unsung heroes. So watch and learn, people. Watch and learn. Do you agree that so far the best generation that has been equipped to handle this has been this Generation X? Uh, I Yes. And closely followed by Generation Z, which is kind of funny for me. Um, really? But yeah. I think, yeah, I think so. And here's the funniest part. I think... If Gen Xers and Gen Zers could find a middle ground, we'd probably be able to play off of each other in a way that would be amazing. Um, Gen Xers, like she said, we're we're good at alone time. We're good at pop tarts and ramen noodles and microwave meals. Um, we're good at entertaining ourselves with books and music, and and we're patient and resilience, and on top of that, we just really do put in the work. We, we know that this is what we need to do, so we do it. You want us to sit at home for five days? We'll sit at home for five days. Like, I, I think that that is very much a Gen X kind of trait. 
Um, we may not agree with it, but we'll do it. I know plenty of people in our generation that are, that don't agree with a lot of the rules and regulations, but they're they're like, but if that's what we had to do to get to the other side, then I'm doing it. Um, do you think whereas baby like the Gen Z people are more mentally like they may not be healthy, but they're more focused on it, and I think we forget to focus on that part of our lives. So you think that, that baby boomers are the worst right now? Yes, absolutely. Oh God, yeah, a hundred percent. Yes. Um, really? Ten thousand percent. Yes. 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 Um, I am out there in the world uh, as one of the uh, first line, not front line uh, employees. I'm not. Um, I'm not. Um, I get to. I get to see who are the ones that are complaining, mm-hmm. and who are the ones that are crying out for things and um, who are, are being the ones that are causing problems and the majority. And I mean majority of the people that are causing the most problems that are, that are complaining the loudest that want their oval team are the boomers. They're the ones that are like, why are you taking away my golf? Uh, I don't need to wear a mask. Um, you, you know, my generation took care of this, and there's and 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 every excuse in between. You're telling me that I can't get my hair colored, but my dog can get their nails trimmed. Like you, I hear it all day long for six days a week, and it's insane. It's it's so much of me just looking at them going. You're the vulnerable pop. You're the one that, like, the virus is after. If the virus had my uh, personality with the target and, like, going, hey, okay, so I could shoot this person, this person, or that person with my virus, they're aiming at you. And you're the one running around going, I don't believe in masks or I don't believe in, in, in gloves or I don't believe that they should take away my golf or I don't believe that they should, you know, stop me from getting my hair colored. It's amazing. So they have something to hide. They have the gray. It's insane. <laughs> Go gray. Go gray, people. Gray is awesome. You, you know what? I, you earned it. I didn't think about it that much before you said it. And now I have to agree with you. Is that, and it's not all. No, um, no, no, no. It's not. It's, just with every generation, it's not all of them. It's not all, but it's a good majority of them. Some have said, hey, you know what, it is what it is. I don't like it. And they may get a little antsy at different points, but they quickly kind of calm themselves back down. And it makes me wonder, um, especially for those outside of that generation, those who may be even a little bit more older, those who are born before 1944, uh, how they're handling it. Because they were already living kind of like a pace-free life in which they really didn't have to go out much. You pretty much were home. But now you're kind of home. You can't really go out like you want to. It makes me wonder how they're handling it as well. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of – the only way that I'm kind of going on the opposite side of the millennials, though, is because millennials are so used to doing things. And it's driving They're them so insane. They're doing what they want. It, what they want it's, and going out, and it's driving them insane. I've yeah. seen people uh, have, quote, social parties online, or they hang out with each other, probably six or seven of them, drinking. And I was like, well, that's kind of defeat the purpose of what we need to be doing right now. <laughs> and having house parties, getting together, and I'm like, there's rules and laws into effect. I don't know if I'm all for saying Generation X is probably the one, the, the calmest ones throughout all this. I'm, I'm kind of saying right now, boomers as well as younger people think that they're invincible and they're starting to break the rule. And, and the rule didn't even really last that long. It just seemed like a while. But 
they're starting to break the rules because they don't feel that it's going to affect them. Mm-hmm. And that's where the generational shift lasts. Because like you said, uh, when I read those examples, I was like, you and I, you know, we're used to summers of not doing too much or just staying at home and not having to go out. Because I, I talked to a younger person who has a kid, and they feel that they have to go out all the time for their kid. No, you don't. Where the kid expects them to go out every weekend and do something. I'm like, no, you don't. You know, I, I lived in a household where, you know, hey, you're going out. If we're not going out, out is out to the back to play. That was it. And I was okay mm-hmm. with that. I didn't feel the need mm-hmm. that we had to go to the mall every weekend or we had to go and do this every weekend. But it just kind of seems like this generation feels that they have to go out somewhere and be seen or be heard and even asking for them for a few weeks to stay at home is too much. So, And I think uh, you're right. I think that the millennial group and the, and the boom, and, and uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> if I had to rank, if I had to rank generations with the ones that have dealt with it the best to the ones that have dealt with it the worst, I would go Gen X, Gen Z, Millennials than boomers, I think. But those two last ones, the millennials and the boomers, I think they should just get all of those people together and throw them into like a mall and lock oh, the doors oh. and let them deal with it. Like you guys can socialize, you can have, ride your golf carts around the mall, you can shop, you can do whatever you want. But you have to work the mall, you have to order the stuff, you have to do everything, and then you get to stay here and just lock them into a, like, that's where they need to be locked into. But that's a Gen, I think that's a Gen X thing to do, though. It's like, just lock them all in there and they can just take care of themselves. Because that's what we did. It was like, okay, we don't have anything to do. Eh, We'll just deal with it. We'll go somewhere and we'll deal with it. Uh, Playing baseball. Like, we played baseball with my siblings. There were three of us. How do you play baseball with three people? You figured it out. Yeah, I mean, my brother and I. It you was figured two it out. Yeah. Yeah, you just figured it out. You didn't, you, oh, but we don't have a peanut, and then we have new rules, and oh, my God. Okay, you just play. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, you, <laughs> you play Uno. You only got two people who play Uno? You play Uno. You just, you deal with it. You move on. <laughs> and you win right. real fast. But I need to drink with my girlfriends. It's just like, no, you don't. But yeah, the people that I see sitting with their their SUVs in a parking lot, backed up so that there's four of them facing each other on their tailgates that are social distancing because they are technically six feet away from each other with their mimosas, not getting arrested, <laughs> although they should be because they got open containers of alcohol, are either boomers which i always laugh at or the millennials and it's like are you serious the reason that you opened up the like and anybody that's going through any of the phases and and i i take this like i'm saying this in jest i i i really am i understand everybody's struggle but the places that are going through phases to reopen it's so funny to look at their phases because phase one is hair nails and barbershops because gosh, no! Don't leave your house with your roots showing, <laughs> or you bad people. Do those things on our own, but yeah, you know. <laughs> right? Or don't go somewhere with your sandal like hoof feet without getting your pedicure first. Like don't do it. And the first people that were on the phone calling these businesses, those businesses that were put into phase one for a very specific reason, are either going to be Gen, they're either going to be millennials or boomers. And I always laugh that those are the two that fight with each other the most, but those are the two that are arguing the loudest to get back to normal. And it's like, okay. <laughs> we, see, we see you out there, the people with the hoof feet. We see you. Right. Oh, God, mine are awful. See you, money. Awful. Feet so hard it can hold a pistol. <laughs> I'm telling you, I could use my feet to, like, ground down, like, cement right now. Just just keep rubbing my foot back on it. Like it's awful. I need cheese grater to get some of the stuff off. But the, the other there. the alternative is you put socks and shoes on. 
Nobody sees it. People's feet are so hard out there that they can rub them together and light a fire. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> mine. I'm saying mine are that way. I'm going to claim that one on my own. I could start a forest fire with rubbing my feet together, okay? It's awful. But I put on socks and shoes and hope that they open soon. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you. Well, as it always goes, folks, just be safe out there. I know a lot of you are bucking like a Bronco want to get out. If you do, if if you do, just be careful. And I know especially this weekend is going to be a little bit harder as well because for all of you mothers and, of course, for uh, the one awesome mom that is my co-host, happy Mother's Day. Uh, hope that all of you enjoy it. I know it's going to be a little different this year, but we'll make it work. And moms, here's the wonderful thing about moms. Moms understand. Um they know that you may not be able to do anything like you did in the past, and the best way that you can always, always gift your mom is to do what she taught you to do. I don't think there's no greater gift than to do your mom proud. Just a, just a little word for thought. Uh, can I put in a request for a Mother's Day gift? Sure. For everybody that's stuck behind doors? Okay. So if you're under lockdown, if you're under you can't go out, if you're under a stay-at-home order, if you're, even if you're not, even if you're not, try this for a gift. Do the one thing she hates the most for her. If your mom hates doing the laundry, finish it. If your mom hates doing the dishes, do them. If your mom hates gardening or weeding, do that. I bet you that would go so much further in her book than any kind of flowers, chocolates, candies, cards, because that's one less thing that's on her plate of things. Speaking from my experience, because um, and I'm sure Lavar can attest to this with his mom, the brain is always going. There's a, a there's a constant to do list, and as many as you check off are as many as get put back onto that to do list. Did you did you call my mom? <laughs> <laughs> Did she tell you to say I don't, those things? <laughs> no, she didn't. But I'm speaking from experience. Hey. You're welcome, Mom. No, um, no. <laughs> I have her on the other line. No, I, I, and really, honestly, I mean, if you, if, and when I think back to Mother's Day for, for my mother, um, some of the best things that she, like the things that she brings up still are the things that we used to when she got to check something off her list that she didn't have to exert her energy on. So that was always her thing. Like, I want a day off where I don't have to do anything, where I don't have to lift a finger and worry. It never happens. That's not going to happen, but you can always push her in that right direction. You can give her one thing. It doesn't have to be big. Hmm. There's an idea for you if you can't get out. Wise words. Any other shout-outs before we uh, wrap this up for the week? Um, I'm trying to think. There, uh, There's a lot of people out there right now that are doing some really good stuff. So I, I, I can't think of anybody specific right now, right at this moment. Um, but um, uh, some of the unsung heroes that haven't been mentioned a lot lately, uh, the mental health professionals that are still trying to keep us sane and are still available and are still caring. Um, don't forget to reach out to your fellow person whoever that is, a smile, a nod, even if you're masked, you could still smile under the mask and people can see it. It's, mm. it's all over your face if you're genuine. So do that, connect. Um, that's, that would be my PSA for today instead of a shout-out. Well, shout-out, of course. I, I echo those sentiments. And, of course, to all of you moms out there, have a wonderful Mother's Day. Uh, we, of course, as your kids wish it was a little bit better this year but we know that you understand but uh just the one big thing is we always say in parting be safe out there um and we will see you back here next friday night for mary i'm lavar we're a little late so good night folks thanks for listening bye